big debates, unpopular opinions, and a whole lot more. Oh yeah, it's the Once Around Podcast, baby. Hello and welcome back to the Once Around Podcast. I'm Ben. Today I'm joined with Luke and Ed, and we're going to be discussing our 1-0 loss to Sheffield Wednesday on New Year's Day and our upcoming away game to Chorley on the 9th of January. Um, again, we, we've fallen back into old habits. It feels just heartbreaking, really, after that Birmingham result where we all really thought, this is the changing point. This this is how we're going to progress. Only for those hopes and dreams to die by a just pewlessless Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Ed, why didn't we perform to the same level as Birmingham City? Because the team was exactly the same. I, to be honest, I don't think it was the performance. You know, uh, you, you said a couple of things just then about how, you know, it kind of seemed to cut short the hopes that we had from Birmingham. I'm still hopeful. I'm still quite, I'm still off the buzz of the Birmingham win, not because of the win, not because it was 4-0 or anything. It was because we're starting to get an identity in this team that we've not had. You know, unfortunately with Kaku, you know, we've covered it so much now, but we just didn't have an identity and we're starting to get one now. And yes, it was a horrible way to lose. I thought we, you know, we had the second highest uh, goals expected, didn't we, this week? And, you know, we, we didn't score. That's the problem. And it's been the problem, like you say, it's recurring problems, but it, it's improving. You know, goals expected was through the floor before Rooney came in and took charge solely as an interim. So we've still got to look at the positives. I, I still think we had a pretty good performance and, and especially in that first half, I thought we were quality, but we just didn't take the chances, which is a repeated flaw of, of, of this team. But I still think it's onwards and upwards. Sheffield Wednesday had a resurgence, didn't they? And having one under their manager, it's been cut short by this COVID outbreak. But they they did look good, and they were unbeaten in a couple of games before before playing us. So we can't discredit them too much. You know, I don't think we promoted them enough last time in, in talking about how how a bounce back from a manager sacking does happen, and, and clearly they're showing that. So all in all, disappointing. But I'm I'm still having a look at the bigger picture and I'm, st- I'm still fairly happy with how things are going just going to see how this January transfer window goes yeah uh, that that win for Sheffield Wednesday actually took them one place above us into 21st and centres plummeting back down into the relegation zone along with Rotherham who we're yet to play so far this season we were meant to but someone decided to catch Covid uh, and also Wickham who we failed to beat so that but then again we've beaten the likes of Swansea, Millwall, <laughs> Birmingham I only need to name one more and that's all the wins we've got this season but <laughs> um, but it but it shows the level of opposition that we need to be beating in order to get out of this area. Luke how do we cobble together the points to get out of this mini league that starts with, I'd say starts with Forest in 19th um, and they're on 22 points. We're currently in 22nd on 19 points. 
a three-point difference, really. So if we beat Rotherham, that's basically a relegation six-pointer, as ridiculous as that is to say. Um, so can we cobble together those points in the next few games, Luke? Yeah. We've got we've got a game in hand on Forest and who are nineteenth and only three points off. We win that we win our game in hand. That's back on um back level back level of points with Forest. So it's all how this how we take our game in hand and if we can capitalise on it and use it to our advantage because we are playing Rotherham and I know there's no week we say there's no weeks of game in this league. But we should be we, we should be beating Rotherham. And I know there's many teams we should have beat this year and we didn't, but we're a better team. We've improved since we've played the likes of Coventry and Wickham. So I really feel like we can beat them and we can kick on and that's when our season will kick on. Mm. But I don't think we can kick on until we get an actual goal scorer because I love Kazim Richards as much, so much, like as much as the next person. But he... And this is the truth, and people probably need to accept this. He probably won't help us survive in this league. And he definitely won't help us further on because at the end of the day, you want your striker to score goals as well as create opportunities. And unfortunately, he only creates opportunities. And that's where we need to find the right balance because I always hate going back to Chris Martin, but Chris Martin scored and created. And that's why he was so influenced and so beneficial for the team but because Kazim just creates and we don't have a goal scorer alongside him we're not scoring the goals and that's what's letting us down and it's let us down all season So you really don't think that we can progress out of this mini league up from the dizzying heights of 19th until we get that consistent goal scorer Um, Probably yeah because we're, we're scoring one or two goals a game bar Birmingham, which was just... They all set pieces, which is unusual for Derby. So I just don't want to kind of... I want to kind of exclude those three, four goals for now. But when you're scoring one or two goals a game, you need to be keeping clean sheet after clean sheet after clean sheet, which, yes, we did. But sometimes your luck will go against you, like Sheffield Wednesday, and then we're screwed. It's ridiculous how tight the bottom of the championship is this year because while we are safe enough on in 22nd, Wickham are four points behind us. That's the bottom of the championship. That is the open arms of League One well, wanting to wake, welcome us in, Wickham us in. Shut <laughs> up. Yeah, awful. <laughs> awful from me. And frankly, that destroy the club we, we've we've talked about this in a number of episodes how detrimental that would be you know, especially with the with the finances aspects which is something that we're still waiting for really ed it's <laughs> it's it's so frustrating Jarring. Jarring. Making, making you want to pull your hair out the... Well, if I had hair, yeah, I would. I would certainly be pulling it out. I mean, yeah. I'm just sorry to cut you off, but I mean, I'm not the only fan. You're not the only fan who's sat here thinking, "What on earth is going on?" You know. Um, unfortunately, I, I said it back when it was first sort of brought to fruition. Like, 
it, takeovers do take time notoriously. You know, they, they take a long time, but however long it takes, it, it's going to cause unrest and it's going to unsettle fans. And it really has done that to us. And I don't blame fans for it. I'm, I'm unsettled. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I still think it will with a cautious sense of optimism, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it fall through. I wouldn't be surprised to see it pass tomorrow. Like this, this club is just that barbaric in its <laughs> in its corner flag. It's a great word for pictures, it. you know. Um, mm. But we've just got to hope. All we know is that it, it's on course. It's you know, in quotations, imminent. I know it's not. It's not been imminent. But all we can take is what the journalists know, what the clubs telling us through whatever channels they're telling us. That's all we can do as fans. We can speculate, of course we can, but I don't know if it's going to help us any, you know, anymore. But, you know, cautious sense of optimism tells me it's, it's, it's still okay. And I think this, this time period is really telling us that we need it. You know, I think if this takeover doesn't go through, <laughs> let's just not even, let's not even go into it, you know, but anyway. I I, th- I think it's less that it's taking so long, but more that they're putting these arbitrary deadlines in place that they're causing us to put our hopes up. Oh, it's going to be just before Christmas. What a great Christmas present. They set themselves up to fail with that. Yeah. I, uh, the, the only thing that I can think of is that they must have had the confidence in that being done by Christmas. And, you know, I, th- I think the report is that there was meant to be money from a lawyer into another account and it's not arrived yet or something. That must be the little admin error, you know, with the players not being paid and everything like that. It happened this time last year as well. Don't forget. But they, they've got to have known that, that that the takeover should have happened by then. They can't have just gone out on a whim and said, oh, we we're, we think it's going to be done by Christmas Eve, we hope. But it, it doesn't... A club... That's irresponsible from the club, but... Who are we to know? We don't know the background details, do we, really? Of course. It... I'm losing hope. Like a, like a lot of fans, I'm I'm really guessing nervous that they're sick of the club and, and its current position and have, have just decided, no, let's, let's back out. Oh, gosh. This, this yeah, it's not a very nice topic, is it? <laughs> it's not. Gosh. One player who has been getting in the headlines a lot recently for the good reasons, which is always nice to see with Derby players, is Jason Knight. He's apparently wanted by Crystal Palace, uh, Burnley, Newcastle, maybe? West Ham. West Ham. West Ham. Well, maybe Newcastle as well. Maybe Newcastle. But the lower to mid-table Premier League teams who have been picking up championship talents such as Eze, Ben Rama, uh, all of, I Ollie mean, Watkins. Yeah, Ollie Watkins, Bowen. Um, yep. all, all, all those players are now pretty much proven Premier League players. Oh, that's a lot of P's. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're doing it at a high level and I have no doubt that Jason Knight could do it on a high level. But how much would you realistically take for him seeing as he has been easily our most influential player this season. This is where the takeover comes in, I'd say. Because if the takeover still goes through and everything's still, you know, rosy and everything, I think there is still the possibility that the owners might go, oh, that's some that's a money opportunity. We might sell him. In which case you've got to hope that they're looking towards 10, 
15, maybe pushing it with add-ons, maybe. Because he is a talent. He's young. He's a talent. He's a proven championship player by now. You know, after however many games, you know, scoring six goals last season as an 18, 19-year-old, there's nothing to be laughed at. Um, but if the takeover doesn't go through, you've got the same issue of, right, we're going to need some funds and we're going to need them quickly because clearly Mal's not got the injection of cash he used to anymore. And the first place he's going to look, unfortunately, is the academy, especially having put so much money into it. So, and, and with our track record of selling players from our academy, you know, literally as soon as, you know, Bogan and Lowe, as recently as that, they reportedly weren't sold for that high of a number, which so far has seemed like a good deal for us. But I'm afraid you might end up seeing Jason Knight go for pennies, just like Will Hughes, just like Hendrick, you know. But that does kind of hinge on the takeover, in my opinion. I slightly disagree with you on this situation because in many press conferences, Rooney has said... And he's had me. I think he, I think he may have had meetings with Mal Morris that they've prepared for a January transfer window with funds, and the fund by funds I mean takeover, and then a transfer window without these funds. And I think by doing by having a plan for each, we can prepare ourselves not to sell these players because we know what we've got available. I think Jason Knight himself will will be stupid to go now in his career because if he goes to Premier League player, Premier League team, he's not going to play consistently week in, week out because... Look at Jaden Bogle. He had a season, two seasons. Well, he's only played one, he's only started one game. Yeah. He's, he exactly. hasn't even been getting on the bench for... To be, to, link, link to this, sorry, to, sorry to go on a complete tangent from this, but just to big up Jason Knight for a second, I think of all players that we've produced, and I'd, I'd love to hear what you guys think of this, of all players that we've produced recently, in recent times, you know, Will Hughes included, Jeff Hendrick, all of those young men, you know, Jaden Bogle, Max Lowe, even the players that we've still got, I would honestly say that Jason Knight, I'm not necessarily saying he was the best, or he is the best, but I think that he will make the best transition to a Premier League team, just yeah. because of his... His yeah. work rate is I, going to be so important to team. I agree. And I, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be curious to see what you guys think for that. Realistically, now, I don't think he will play consistently week in, week out in a Premier League team. I don't think he's a complete player yet. I think he needs to stay at a club where... Oh, no, I agree. He I, I wasn't saying that he, where he, he will play week in, go. week out. And then not only can he prove himself as a better player, we can increase his value because you got he will look at it as... Where can he make... Right, Ireland, have Ireland qualified for the Euros? Yes. Right, I think they have. I yeah. could be wrong. Where can he... Where's, where can he make his name best? Euros. Millions, millions of people are going to watch all across Europe and the world. He's not going to get into the Ireland men's squad by playing the odd 15, 20 minutes or starting the odd game in the Premier League. He can make a name by playing 90 minutes week in, week out. And that's why I think he won't want to go because he knows... He he realistically is the first name on the team sheet in the squad right now, and he knows that himself, and he knows he will play if he stays there, and that's why I think he won't go because I think Jason Knight's the type of person where he'll think with his head and he'll go right. As much as I want to play in the Premier League, I've got to think where I can get first team opportunities to play in the national team. Yeah. And it's working for him now as well. Exactly. Like, he's playing really well for Derby. I don't know why he'd 
upset the dynamic. That's it. That's it, really. The type of player he is, he can fit in really any any system as a as a ten, as an eight, even even deeper than that playing. He'll give it a good go, won't defensive he? No where he mid- is. midfielder. And I, I think we're also thinking more about the aspect of Jason Knight more, but we should be thinking about. Derby as a whole, how much weaker does that team get without Jason Knight? Yeah, because we're in that midfield, you'd probably slot in Louis Sibley, who's a lot more further forward. He doesn't track back as much as a Jason Knight type of player. He's hot headed as well. Yeah. Or you put in a Max Bird. He's not as hot headed as well, though. He's not as hot headed as Louis Sibley. Yeah. Or you put in Max Bird, who plays deeper, probably has a better passing but can he do the type of dribbles that progress the ball as well as Jason Knight so he is that perfect player that makes the midfield click Christian oh. Bielik incredible uh Graham Shinney is so frequently just solid I just want Jason, Jason Shinney I know it's a bit of tangent from the Jason Knight thing but he deserves he's only just getting the credit he's been been deserving for a long time even last season when he was playing week in, week out, not 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 week in, week out, it's kind of here, there, everywhere, he'll get stuck in. He does the dirty work. He does the work that people don't want to do. He's not afraid to get stuck in. He's not afraid to sprint around like Jason Knight. And I feel like people just say he's a sideways, backwards type of player, but he, I think he's more than that. and He just needs more credit. He just does more stuff off the ball you don't notice. And he's more of like a off-the-ball type of player, if that makes, makes sense. He's, he's the perfect foil player. Every player around him looks better because of him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, one one thought I've had is uh, a youth player that plays similar similarly to Jason Knight, Isaac Hutchinson, I think his name is. Uh, yeah. He, he has been known to play on the wing for the under-18s and 23s, but he also is very confident in that midfield. He's about five foot 10, 11. So quite he's taller than that, isn't yeah. he? Is he? He's quite, he's, he's quite, I'm sure he's above six foot. Or at least I'm midfielder. Yeah. But he, he can play in that role. That Jason He looks like a number eight. He looks like a number eight. Yeah. Whenever we've seen the under 23s, it looks like Louis Watson's more of a 10. Yeah. And I think Hutchinson plays that kind of number eight, number six kind of role. But With, um, with no, Jordan Brown as that six. Yeah. All these youth players, I know this is probably a massive, massive tangent on what we're talking about. No, bring it on. It's got no. How many would you play on Saturday? <laughs> That's a very good shout. Um, how many? How many youth think... players is too many youth players? Six, I'd say. I'd say six youth players, and then fill the rest with players that don't get as many minutes. So Max Bird's got to start that game. Morgan Whitaker's got to start that game. Mike Tavirik has got to start George that. Evans will play. Oh, George Evans. I, I, I rate George Evans quite highly, actually. I know a lot of people don't, but... He, he's a puzzle piece that will just fit in. Won't anyway. fit perfectly. Yeah. But he'll fit in well enough. To... Arguably, I think George Evans and um, Graham Shinney are quite similar. Not in their playing style, necessarily, mm. but in their roles within the team. Like, like you were saying, kind of like underrated... Go, they just kind of fit in anywhere. They put in a shift. You know, they play quite well consistently on a seven match rating. Mm. I think they're quite similar. So giving Shinny a rest and putting George Evans in at that number six role or something, I, I'd say definitely play the players that have been on 
like teetering between the first eleven in the bench. So I like would... you're saying, Bird, Whitaker. I wouldn't put Hector Ingram in. No. Controversially, I wouldn't start. I wouldn't start Kazim Richards. I think he needs to. Rest. I wouldn't start Kazim either. But I wouldn't put Hector Ingram in. I would put Whitaker up top. Now I don't no. know if that's a Rooney play, but that's just me personally. He'll get fan, bullied. I'd Not... love to see Whitaker play up front with you know Sibley with his tenacity off off him one side, and I don't know. Yeah. Uh, although Dwayne Holmes or something, I don't know. Although Trawley won't be. This could come back to bite me quite badly, but they're not going to be technically brilliant. But what they will do is they'll rough you around. They're going to be... They're bullish. They're, they'll, they'll bully you. Bullish. That's why Whitaker up front, I think he'll just get bullied. He'll get pushed over. He'll get shoved to the ground. I don't think he'll work as a striker. My option there is Jack Stretton. I, I think he could weave in and out of that um, league, <laughs> National League South defence um, with Whitaker on one side and maybe Lawrence on the other. You'd still I'd like to see Lawrence come in. Yeah, it does depend. Is Wycorn available no. for this one? Or is no, he still... It's, it's, it's his last game on a red. Last game, okay. Um, I, I, I would say, though, for Rooney, I would say it's a free shot, you know, not to disrespect Chorley, but it, it it's a free shot for him tactically to try a few different things and, and try a different see? field three, try a different system maybe. You know, it, it's a free shot for him. And, you know, if we lose 1-0... Yes, we'll be the laughing stock for a week, but I wouldn't actually. But that's that Derby County. Where I, I the return of Mr. Rooney in the starting lineup oh on the bench. I, mean, I, I, <laughs> I think he loves the fact that he doesn't have to train as hard mm. and that he oh, can God, just yeah. watch it. I, th- I think he's. I think he's done now. Not yeah. saying that he's not a good player still, because I still think he offers something. But I think I think, I think he's, his time's up now, and I think he's accepted that. Goalkeepers will obviously rotate, won't they? And I think I think Rose, I think Rose should play. Although Manny Adem could be another yeah. shout. We've not seen him in action, you know. I think Henrik Ravos is still out at Hartley, yeah. isn't he? And then Mitchell's at uh, oh, where's he? Shrewsbury, Hansfield, Northampton, Northampton. That's it. I know it was somewhere near here. But yeah, no, I think I think I, I think Rose would probably be the sensible pick. Uh, Lee Buchanan will probably start on that left hand side because while he has missed the past two games, um, and also he's pretty much a first team regular now. So giving giving that young young experience of maybe Harrison Solomon at the back, or but then this is that dilemma again, isn't it? Yeah. I think you're going to put more youngsters on the bench for sure. You'll, you'll see Solomon probably on the bench. You'll see, um, I think another shout. Cornell McDonald had a little, yeah, had a little cameo when he came off the bench and got bloodied up. He he could be a, a shout for a starter, um, but yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm quite looking forward to it. You know, mm. honestly, I'm not going to be too disheartened if we lost. I I can't. I, I don't know why. I can't really explain why. I don't know why the FA Cup doesn't really hit it for me, especially in the early rounds. You know, as soon as we get to maybe the fourth round fifth round I start caring a bit more and I don't know why that's just personally for me I've just not really ever been a massive fan of the FA Cup I think I'm just a pessimist really um but yeah no I'm looking forward to it this weekend yeah yeah it's, it's a it's a big game for Chorley as well yeah that, I think that's why I'm not going to be disheartened if we lose I'd quite like I'll be, I'll be disappointed I'll be a bit upset that we lost because I feel like having I know we need to focus on the league but Doing so poor in the league, a nice cup run. Momentum. Will be, be a bit of a momentum. Mm. 
probably said that wrong, but it will be nice for the fans. It would be such a derby thing to get relegated, but also get to the semi-final of the FA Cup. That, that I know, Wigan. Yeah, exactly. Um, it it just sounds like something we'd do. Um, yeah. So so that's that's Chorley. We'll we'll give it a good go. But I tell you what, shall we do do a prediction then? Prediction. Yeah, we might as well. Do you want to go first, Dad? I'll, I'll take it. Um, I mean, you're you're a maniac if you're trying to put a bet on any scoreline in the FA Cup third round. Please gamble but, responsibly. Um, <laughs> please gamble responsibly and eighteen plus. Um, I think we're away, aren't we? We are. We play, we play better away, but I mean, again, National League North side. Um, I'm gonna say a boring two nil win. Yeah, I think it'll be a routine. Scorers, you know, scorers. I think Whitaker will get on there. It'd be nice to see him score. Yeah, and <laughs> if he plays, I said this last week. I'm gonna say it until he scores. Matt Clark. Matt Every Clark. corner he goes up, yeah. and I'm sure he hits header at the keeper. I don't. Or I don't over, think but he's gonna score play. at some point. He, I don't think he'll play, but he, he looks a bit tired. But he will score. Keep, keep, They've keep had a decent rest as well, to be fair. They've had a week, but yeah, that's my prediction. Um, How about yourself, Luke? For my prediction, I just want to do a big shout out to Cameron, who's unfortunately battling um, COVID right now. So, big up, Cameron. We big. Uh, wish you all the best. Yeah, Thought, thoughts and prayers to you, mate. You can, and his family. You can, you can tough times this. right now for him. Yeah, but um, on to the serious matter. Um, <laughs> I think we'll win. One or two nil. Yeah, I can't tell you scores because Derby will either make two changes or nine. Mm. So I'm just going to go for who I think will play, and I'll say a Jason Knight goal and a winger. Whoever plays on the wing will score. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going to go for a one-one. I think they're going to take it to a replay. Um, I think it goes to extra time now. Does it? Yeah, I don't think they're doing replays. I think they're scrapped replays. Oh my gosh! Could be completely wrong, but yeah, or it's from or it's from round four or five. Replays are scrapped. I don't know what it is this year, but um, well, ninety minutes. I think it will be (laughs) one-one, regardless of what happens after that. I cannot decide. No replays. No replays. Quick okay. Google, not for the 2021 uh, season. So I think this one's going to go to penalties then. 1-1, one, one, uh, full-time, extra-time penalties, and we'll lose. Um, I think that Ola Ibrahim is going to score for us. Oh, interesting. Because um, he's been, you know, doing really well. He's got a load of tricks, skills. He's he's a fantastic player to watch. Really, really exciting prospects. Um well, and yeah, why wouldn't Rooney play him? Anyway, thank you so much for listening to the Once Around podcast. I've been Ben, been joined by Luke and Ed, and we'll see you soon when we lose to a side four divisions lower than us. Up the Rams. <laughs>